Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast, this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. As I mentioned last week, I've been delighted with the response because we've now gone through the 5,000 download mark. Uh, well ahead of any preconceived schedule or goals that I might have had with the podcast. And that's all thanks to you for tuning in and for spreading the word and, you know, for referring this podcast to friends or colleagues um, that you might think would find my content useful. So let me open with a thank you. This week's episode is all about soft skills. And most of us know what the term soft skills refers to. Sometimes I, re- I call it the, you know, the touchy-feely stuff, uh, the Oprah stuff, maybe. Um, but those skills that um, uh, are often the, the glue in organisations, the, the interpersonal skills, the working relationships, the communication skills, leadership, all of those skills that are sometimes hard to quantify, hence they're soft, as opposed to some of the, the harder, more tangible skills um, that we see in organisations as well. So I came across, or I suppose I should say the inspiration for this topic was an article I came across recently on social media where uh, an online uh, course provider uh, called Udemy, I think I'm pronouncing that right, U-D-E-M-Y, they had put together a top 10 list of short skills for 2020. And this, as far as I can understand, was based on some research around the courses that they provide and the courses that proved to be the most popular or the courses that were most in demand. And of course, as someone who works in the field of soft skills, both as a one-to-one executive coach, but also with workshops that I deliver, um, I was certainly clicking on that link. So in this week's episode, I'm going to take you through in reverse order the top 10 soft skills as identified by this organisation in this study. And uh, while some of it might be predictable, there were certainly one or two areas that I found quite surprising and eye-opening almost, which is going to impact on my own work. And I think you might find it uh, useful. So let's jump into the list and I'll take you through it in reverse order. And I suppose this is a little bit subjective, but it's nice to do a top 10. It reminds me of Top of the Pops when I was younger and growing up. It's like, what will be at number one? which songs are going up in the charts, which ones are going down. Um, And that's the way I look at this list as well. And of course, the thing to remember with soft skills is because they're soft, they all sort of overlap. If you break down any particular skill or competency, you will find um, at its core many common skills like listening, for example, or flexibility. And Uh, That's something that I often explore in more detail with people when I'm working with them, helping them prepare for interview, because most interviews nowadays are competency based and most competencies are soft skills, usually with the exception of maybe one technical skill that's at the heart of the particular role. But the rest, be it team building or people management, you know, they're all soft skills. And as I say, they all overlap. So let's jump into the list. Number 10 on the list was the big topic of emotional emotional intelligence. Uh, That's something that is still very prevalent in organisations, but perhaps it doesn't quite get the airtime that it did maybe 10 years or so ago. Um, I always associate emotional intelligence with the writer and speaker Daniel Goleman. That's uh, Daniel Goleman, G-O-L-E-M-A-N. And I've heard him speak and I've read several of his books and there is great substance to them. 
Um, and of course, emotional intelligence, I always use the analogy. It's a bit like music. You know, some people have a musical ear. They can pick up a tune very quickly. And that can be the same with emotional intelligence. Some people are just more attuned to empathy and rapport and the ability to put themselves in other people's shoes. If we think about the four cornerstones of emotional intelligence, we're looking at self-awareness, you know, know thyself first, your own strengths and weaknesses. And of course, that also sits with the modern concept of authentic leadership. From self-awareness, we move into self-control or self-management, sometimes referred to as self-mastery. And I often think in that area, you know, particularly in an organization, if you cannot control yourself, how the hell can you control a situation or a, or a team? Or, you know, if you're, you know, without self-control, you're usually part of the problem rather than the solution. And then from the self-focus side of it, we move into social awareness, as I say, empathy, rapport, you know, instinctiveness when it comes to customer service, ear to the grapevine. You know, we all have social connectors. We all interrelate with people. And for some people, that's more natural than others, hence the, the analogy with the musical ear. And of course, all of those cornerstones then feed into relationship management, which is at the heart of, I suppose, the practical side of emotional intelligence, how we inter, uh, interrelate to people. Uh, that great phrase that you only see on job descriptions, of course, interpersonal skills. Um, but in, in the age where you know there's so much information available to us, I often think the difference that makes the difference is the quality of the relationships that we have. And of course, that's something that I touched on in a previous podcast as well, not just in a, in a working scenario, but in a broader life scenario. You know, the quality of our life is dependent on the quality of our relationships. And that's something that perhaps we just have a slight advantage when maybe we've been gifted with healthy levels of EQ or emotional intelligence because of course we have an EQ as well as an IQ and we can work on enhancing our EQ and um, but as I say for some people it's a little bit more innate than others. So that was number 10 on the list emotional intelligence. If we move up to number nine well number nine was leadership another vast topic. In recent years perhaps the area that I speak most frequently on particularly at conferences and at bigger events is leadership because it's such a vast topic and you can take so many different angles on it. For me, my current favorite definition of leadership is leaders are responsible for the energy that they bring into the room. So if we think about some leaders we admire, you know, they're like radiators, they warm you up. For others, they're a bit like plug holes or drains or emotional vampires and they you know, they suck the life and the energy and the positivity out of you. Very difficult to be an effective leader if you're not leaning towards the, the radiator side of the continuum. But if I keep that analogy going, for most of us, as we interact with people, we could be viewed as being a thermometer. You know, we respond to the temperature in the room. So if a group is outgoing and happy and friendly and enthusiastic, we will tend to mirror that through our social connectors, through our natural emotional intelligence, if I link these two points together. Um, but what leaders tend to do is they're a little bit more like thermostats. You know, they set the temperature of the room based on what it is they're trying to achieve or based on their natural personality or authenticity, as it were. And uh, all good leaders know, of course, that you achieve nothing in isolation. Leadership is really achieving with and through other people. So, of course, I could speak all day on the topic of leadership, and I frequently do. There are in the uh, back catalogue, if I use that phrase, of podcast episodes, 
um, several on the topic of leadership, and I've no doubt that in future episodes I'll be returning to it again. But that's just a high-level overview of my take on leadership at the minute. And as I say, it's number nine on this list of soft skills for 2020. So as we keep going up the chart, number seven is critical thinking. I would also view critical thinking as problem solving. You know, sometimes the, the words uh, are used can be interchangeable. Um, but I do like critical thinking as a topic. What I often find interesting as someone who works as an executive coach, often with senior people in organisations, uh, one of the common pieces of feedback I get from clients who work with me and perhaps check in with me frequently, um, you know, every quarter or so, uh, they say the time out or the little pit stop that it's a coaching session. One of the big benefits is that it gives them time to think. And as I would have said before, on previous episodes, you know, I work from the basis that we're all doing our best and that old Maya Angelou quote, you know, we do the best with the knowledge and the resources and the self-awareness we have. And particularly at senior levels within organisations, the quality of our doing um, is dependent on the quality of our thinking. You know, so if we're rushing around the place stressed and frustrated, we're never going to make good decisions or actions from that place. We're much more likely to be reactive as opposed to proactive. So therefore taking time out to think and creating the environment that allows perhaps more robust decision making, which of course is another way of looking at critical thinking as well. Um, you know, critical thinking leads to decisions, problem solving leads to decisions. Um, it's, uh, you know, that's the first stepping stone, creating the environment which is supportive of quality thinking and quality thinking stimulating quality doing. So that was number eight on the list, uh, critical thinking. Number seven on the list of the top soft skills for 2020 is culture awareness. And my favourite def definition of culture is the unwritten rules as to how we do things here. And it's always more than, I don't know, vision statements, value statements that appear on glossy posters on canteen walls within organisations. You know, the culture is much more oblique. It's intangible. It's a combination of mindsets and beliefs across uh, the organisation. Um, the stories people tell, the, um, the conversations that happen at water coolers, the pronouns that people use, you know, that's something I always listen to in, in organisations. Is there is there many uh, them and us's or is there plenty of we within the conversation, which will also give an indication as to elements of uh, culture and common beliefs and even working environments. Um, but cultural awareness is, is a critical topic, particularly at more senior levels, because unless work actively goes into it, uh, the culture will still be set or established. You know, it's a little bit like brand or leadership brand, personal branding. You know, either you define your brand or your brand will define you. It's the same thing with culture. Either you define your culture or your culture will define you. Um, it's happening anyway because it's one of those natural byproducts of interaction with people. And there, if I put on my organizational psychology hat for a minute, you know, you sort of know that the culture of an organization will always trump the strategy of an organization. And if you're looking to instigate change in any shape or format within an organization, you're always having to deal with the gravitational pull of existing culture. And that's something that requires ongoing effort. And there's no panacea for it either. Yeah, so that was number seven on the list, cultural awareness. Again, fascinating topic. And often one that's the 
the trickiest to get the sleeves rolled up on because you are dealing with something that's so innate within an organization, but it can be so difficult to put your, your finger on it. And sometimes, and I used this analogy only yesterday with a group, that it can feel like, you know, the all the starfish that have washed up on a beach and you're looking to, 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 to change them and to change their environment. And you know it's not possible to, to put all of the starfish back into the sea, but you can only start with one and do one thing at a time. Because with any soft skills in, um, enhancement, it's always about progression in a direction. There is no end point, but we're looking at establishing a few handrails that allows us to, to move in a direction, as I say. So we're almost at the halfway point. The number six on the list of top soft skills for 2020 was storytelling. Now, I have to say, there's one that I didn't expect to see on the list. And it's one that brought a smile to my face, I have to say, because within my presentation skills workshop, uh, for the last number of years, I've included a segment on storytelling because it is where the cutting edge of presentation skills um, is at the minute. Um, if we think of basic level presentation skills, you're sharing facts with um, with a group, you're educating them. Maybe level two is where you're um, sharing information and you're looking for them to do something with it. You know, perhaps looking for a sustainable behavioral change or a certain decision making or a buying in. Um, and then beyond that, with presentation skills, particularly at higher levels, that old phrase of you're looking to capture the hearts and minds of people. And one of the most effective ways of doing that is storytelling. But of course, storytelling, you know, it's not about just telling tales, a bit like Jack and Ori and Once Upon a Time. Storytelling is about using analogies, um, uh, using metaphor to help explain or simplify concepts. Um, but for me, the biggest part of storytelling is describing in an engaging way the journey between the way things are and the way that they could be. And that is something that expert communicators, presenters, leaders have mastered. Because I think as humans, we, we like to hear stories. We like to hear personal accounts. It's also part and parcel of inspiration. So inspiration being I will witness something, hear something. And I will interpret it for myself. So I'll personalize it. So with storytelling, it's a little bit looser. It's not just giving facts and statements all the time, but you're telling a story that people can then interpret in their in their own way. Um, you engage with them and they, they personalize it, which is something that you're looking for when you're looking at self-motivation or when you're looking at buying into change. It needs to come from the inside out. And storytelling is a way, is a very effective way of doing that. And there is a particular skill set to that. But of course, it starts with awareness. And uh, as I say, I found it fascinating that storytelling was uh, was noted as a, as, as a separate topic within um, within this soft skills list as well. So we're at the halfway stage. One of the things I always forget to do within the weekly podcast is to reference my website, jamesweetman.com. Uh, I'll shortly be embarking upon a project to update it, which I think will be the fifth or sixth iteration of my, my website since I started business back in 2004. But that's a reflection of changes in my business and changes in with technology as well. Um, but there's a lot of resources that sit on my website, particularly the blog. And if you've enjoyed these weekly podcasts, you might wish to join the community, which is a, a function on the website as well, where you will get information on the latest blogs that I've 
uh, published um, and also details of events that I'll be speaking at. So that's something that I keep meaning to do but forget to do every week so I've remembered it this time. So we've gone through five of the 10 top soft skills tips for 2020 and as I say this is drawn from the Udemy study, the online course provider. So number five is communication skills. Now I think that will always appear on every soft skills list. It's so vast and there's so many different ways of looking at it. It's part and parcel to a lot of the work that I do, whether under the umbrella of emotional intelligence or leadership or presentation skills. In many ways, they're all subsets of communication skills. And for me, one of the obvious parts of communication skills that is sometimes overlooked or doesn't get the airtime required is listening. So how can you ensure, you know, a message is understood um, how can you demonstrate respect for people even if you don't demonstrate uh, listening skills or active listening skills? And something else that I find with communication skills is, um, you know, of course there's written and there is oral communication skills. But for me, if we break it down, what communication skills is really about is quality conversations. I think conversations is a richer word. And I've never been in an organisation yet where... I haven't heard people saying something around communication skills, usually, or communication, usually where they're looking for more of it. But if you break down what that actually really means, they're looking to be involved a little more, they're looking to be more informed, and they're looking to have more meaningful conversations with relevant people. Because nowadays, so much information is available to us. And the, the modern take on communication skills, particularly from a more senior level, is shaping meaning dependent on the different audiences and maybe even getting to the point of discernment where you are reaching the simplicity that sits on the far side of complexity. You know, So you're interpreting detailed information to help make sense of it for different audiences. So that's just my take on perhaps where communication skills currently sits. But as I say, such a vast area. Number four on the list of the top soft skills for 2020 was innovation. Innovation is an interesting topic because you hear about it frequently within organisations and you often hear about the need for innovation. But of course, the need for it and following through with it are something entirely different. And for me, innovation is uh, creativity, um, how would I say it, anchored with purpose so you're looking to find new insights, find new ways of doing things, to think outside the box, yes, but usually within a slightly, how would I say, broader frame, framework of uh, strategy. So there's some purpose to it. There's a focus to it. Um, for me, innovation is the application of creativity. And I'm going to jump a little bit on the list here because number two on the list of soft skills was creativity. So initially I found that a little bit a little bit strange because you've creativity and innovation as separate topics. And um, for me, if I think about it, you can have creativity without innovation, but you certainly cannot have innovation without creativity. I came across a definition recently where someone described, you know, innovation or creativity is to innovation as art is to artisanship. So you're applying the creativity for some particular uh, purpose. 
Um, so I've jumped ahead a little bit in the sequence, but number two on the list was creativity. And maybe we could view that as creative thinking, you know, it inter inter um, relates with number seven on the list, which was critical thinking, uh, new ways of doing things, thinking outside the box, lateral thinking, risk taking, all sits there within creativity. I sometimes think the only area that you don't want too much creativity is within creative accounting. Um, but in other areas, we're looking at new ways of approaching old problems. And one of the things I tend to do when I'm working with the group in the area of creativity or innovation, and as I said, usually the latter, we start by identifying some new questions because I would operate from a place that if we're looking for new answers or new solutions, we start by asking uh, new questions. Uh, there was one a while ago, which I often referred to, which uh, one person in a group came up with when we were brainstorming questions to maybe help shape strategy for the year ahead. And if we get a good question, I often think we're inspired then to answer it in a, in a newer way. And this question was, how can we educate our stakeholders as to the value we create for them? And I said, there's a humdinger of a question. You know, that question then was like a key for unlocking wisdom and innovation, let's say. And the rest of the session was about brainstorming how we would go about educating the stakeholders as to the value we create. So for me, the handrail for creativity and innovation is questions. I jumped ahead a little there by sharing both uh, the number two and number four on the list, creativity and innovation. So what's number three, I hear you say? Well, number three, I think is a fascinating one, or it's a fascinating label, which is focus mastery. I think perhaps like the, the late pop star Prince, I think focus mastery was perhaps previously known as time management and organizational skills. But it's an interesting phrase because focus is something that I work with groups on and have done so for a while, not just under the umbrella of organizational skills, but also presentation skills and leadership because the world is so busy and noisy there's a real skill now in focusing our attention to where it's most needed or most required. Um, if you think of trends, societal trends in this area, we've gone from multitasking in the last two or three decades to what now is described as continuous partial attention. You only have to look at perhaps your habits of looking at television at nighttime. The television could be on, you might be on the phone, scanning something online. Uh, on social media and maybe having a conversation with someone at the same time. Is that multitasking or is it continuous partial attention? And if we come at this through the angle of productivity and effectiveness, um, that, will, that discipline is all about uh, focusing on one task and seeing it through to completion. Now, the reality is that that's not really possible when our attention and energy is being pulled in all directions. But focus mastery or mastering our ability to focus when required is a fascinating topic or a fascinating angle on it. And for me, it brings me into the into the territory of discipline. My favorite definitions of discipline are, you know, doing what I should do when I should do it, even though I don't want to do it. Or discipline, choosing between what I want now and what I want most, which allows me to or reminds me to focus on the bigger goal and perhaps over a slightly longer time frame. So that topic of fo focus mastery, a, a very, a very interesting label. And it's something that I'm going to incorporate, I think, more purposefully, particularly into the time management and organizational skills workshops that I run, because I think that that label is just a little bit more relevant for, for, 
for working life for society at the moment. So we're almost at number one. Have a think about what you might think it would be. Change management, decision making. Um, consider what you think might be top of the list when it comes to soft skills of 2020. Let me do a quick recap of the of the top 10, the ones we've gone through. Number 10, emotional intelligence. Nine was leadership. Eight, critical thinking. Seven, cultural awareness. Six, storytelling. Five, communication skills. Holding steady, that one, I'm sure. Uh, number four was innovation. Three, focus mastery that I just spoke about. And number two, creativity. At top of the list, which surprised me a little, I have to say, because it, you know, from this top 10 list, change wasn't mentioned. Decision making wasn't mentioned. Even presentation skills wasn't mentioned. But top of the list was growth mindset. I said, that's an interesting one, growth mindset. So if you think about it through the filter of organizations, you know, growth obviously about expanding market share, increasing sales, greater effectiveness, uh, expansion of processes even, um, uh, turnover, etc., cetera, uh, which is sort of the purpose, the underlying purpose of organizations. But of course, for me, with my executive coach hat on and uh, personal coaching hat on too, um, I see it also through the lens of individual involvement and uh, pushing comfort zone, uh, reaching for potential, seizing opportunities, you know, stretching and growing and, and reaching into that great big blue ocean of potential, as I phrase it. And as we move beyond comfort zone through the fear zone and self-consciousness where we're, where, where we're learning and growing. And I think like everything in life, we're either growing or dying, uh, particularly from a, an intellectual or a mental or a spiritual perspective, even an emotional perspective. So growth mindset was top of the list. And it reminded me of work I do in this area that builds on the work of the psychologist uh, Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K, where she speaks about uh, growth and fixed mindset. So for me, that's also relevant here as a topic. The the fixed mindset where you know things are solid, fixed variables, versus the growth mindset where I'm curious about learning and expansion, and that prompted me to maybe come at the work I've been doing in that area through a different lens. And that's something that I'm going to explore probably in next week's podcast where I can go into it in a little more detail. So I hope you found the this top 10, this chart of soft skills for 2020 of interest. I certainly found it an interesting article. If you search online for Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y, you'll certainly get into their website and you'll see the article that I that I came across the other week. And there's also a piece on my own website which contains the link to it as well. Um, and as I say, this week, I've just given you my take on perhaps where I see some of those soft skills topics, uh, where they're currently at in terms of training and upskilling, because they're vast areas. They're always going to be there, but sometimes it's about taking a new angle on them. So next week, we'll probably come at this from a place of let's explore growth mindset in a little more detail. But hopefully you found this week's episode of benefit. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. And until next week.